in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome. What's up, Christian Writers community? This is a What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the End Faith Podcast, where we just get to fellowship over Bible topics week after week. My name is David. I'm with Christian Writers in Faith. We've also got Steve here. Glad to be here. We're also with uh, Christian Writers in Faith, and we're excited to to be here and yet another week that God's just given us this opportunity and this this time to come together and fellowship, you know? So... A topic that got brought up earlier in this week, and we decided to do it on the podcast today, is wisdom. And I think wisdom can get, can get, I'll emphasize on that, it can get to be kind of a tricky topic only because we tend to not separate the two from wisdom and knowledge. We tend to incorporate them together. If you have knowledge, then you must have wisdom. Mm. But that's not the case. Most of the time we get caught up in this mindset that because we know something, we're wise about it. Mm. But you could know something and not be wise. You could have knowledge and not wisdom. So before we get into the concept of wisdom from a, a, a biblical standpoint, we have to know what wisdom is and how it's defined and how it's different from knowledge. So let's begin by looking at the obvious differences, right? Or the obvious difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing about something, but wisdom is understanding how that knowledge should be applied or used, right? It's just like our daily walks. We could retain a ton of knowledge of what God's given us and a ton of knowledge about what's in the Bible and apply no wisdom. Right. You think of the Pharisees. They had a ton of knowledge about the Scriptures, yet they didn't know or understand that all the Scriptures pointed to Jesus who was standing in front of them. Right. Right. So, yeah, we could have knowledge and not use it wisely, we'd have no wisdom, not know how to apply it. I, I, I guess I struggle with using that term, not know how to apply it. I think wisdom is the actual application. Right. If we have the knowledge, then we have the knowledge in knowing how to apply it. But not being wise, not having wisdom is not applying it. Not necessarily not knowing how, because that's what the knowledge gives, right? So let's start in the book of Proverbs, often referred to as the book of wisdom, right? We'll start in Proverbs 1.7, and it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, despite wisdom, Proverbs 1.7 says, 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, this verse reminds us that true wisdom begins with the reference of God, a reference for God. I look at this and I think, because it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So we don't really know anything without fear of the Lord. Fear meaning knowing and reverencing God, um, believing that God created each one of us Mm -hmm. and that he created the whole universe without knowing God and believing that God is the cause of everything. We don't know anything. If we try to start somewhere other than God, kind of like the Bible, the Bible starts off by saying, in the beginning, God. Right. If we try to start somewhere else, we don't really know anything. Very true. Very true. Well, and when we, do, just as you were talking about the fear of the Lord, you know, that, that, that fear, it, it's not about being afraid. Right. It's about acknowledging his sovereignty and our need for his guidance. Yep. That's what it means about the fear. It's not to be afraid. It's like you were saying, it's the acknowledgement. Right, right before that verse we just looked at, that was uh, one seven. Starting in one five, it says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand proverb and a saying. The words of the wise and their riddles. Hmm. Do you think that, I see, I see a common theme in, in a couple of these scriptures, and it's to be guided, to yeah. take instruction. In looking at, so like you mentioned, the book of Proverbs right. is a book of wisdom. I feel like the proverb has to be at least a cousin of the parable, maybe a first cousin. Mm -hmm. They seem very related. Jesus seems to be teaching proverbial, shall we say, topics, but putting it in a story um, as a parable. Yeah, I can see it. These seem tied I see other things where it talks about wisdom, um, if I can find it. While you're looking that up, I I just kind of thought something, that when we're dealing with the need for guidance and the ability to seek and take uh, instruction, it reminds me a bit of humility. Mm. Because even from like a man's standpoint, um, we, we generally, generally tend to not like taking instruction mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be able to figure it out. At least that's what our pride says, mm-hmm. is we're supposed to be able to figure it out. Yeah. So I think even in the beginning of that acknowledgement of God and being able to seek his guidance and take his instruction is... The, 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 the kind of first step to that humility that soften our hearts just enough to know that we're not going to be able to figure it out. Right. 
I know for sure I don't like reading instructions. Um, I think I think you're right. Also, though, we want to be captain of our own ship, guiding our own direction, and somehow we're able to convince ourselves that we can do that. But reality is, there's a God who is captain. There's a God who guides us. There's a God who determines um, everything about us. And wisdom is knowing and understanding that and knowing him. Well, and I think a big reason of why God gave us GPS now is he got tired of the stubborn husbands not pulling over to ask for direction on road trips, right? He's not the only one tired of the stubborn husband, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, but it's, the, it's kind of the same concept. We're not lost. That's what we tend to think. Oh. We're not lost. We know where we're going. We don't need instructions. Wow. Just think how that plays out. When we, me anyway, when I first heard the call, when I first heard Jesus calling, I didn't need that. I wasn't lost. Right. I knew what I was doing. I had my life. It was going on. Um, I wasn't lost, I would have said. And yet I was. And that's, I think, a perfect example of the, the, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. See, even when we got that calling, no matter who he used to tell us about him, that implies that we've received that knowledge. We've received the knowledge of God's existence. We've received the knowledge that he's there for us. We were created by him. Yet we had no wisdom to apply that and take the next step. Yeah, I think we at least have heard the knowledge and should have received it because inside of us we knew it was true. And yet, I think I rejected it anyway. Right. Right. I think I can relate to that. I can understand where you're coming from with it because I I think if I were to think back and put myself back in my old shoes to try and define that feeling, it, it was kind of the same thing. But for me, it was not just knowing it was true, but fearing it was true because I wasn't ready to give up fill in the blanks, all my heart's desires. I wasn't willing to change how I was living and put my life in the hands of something I knew nothing about. Right. But that was the problem. I knew nothing about it. And even with a little bit of knowledge of knowing his existence, there there was kind of a fear in that knowing that it's true. Mm-hmm. Because a part of me wanted to be like, well, maybe I can still keep doing the things I'm doing. You know, maybe it's not as uh, exaggerative as, as I'm being told it is. Mm. And that, I guess, depending on who's uh, on ministering to you, it may not be. But 
once you you come to know the the the, the truth and the facts of the Bible and God's word, you do realize not that it's not as exaggerative as it sounds. It it becomes not as, as exaggerative because now we're walking with him and not against him. Mm. So we no longer fear the negative outcome. Right. Because we've been embedded with that truth. Right. Of the positive outcome. Right. And that truth, wisdom brought us to that truth. And that truth brings us trust. It feels like that's an order that it happens in. We get knowledge from God. We get the wisdom to understand that knowledge and apply it from God, and that leads us to the truth of Jesus who's calling us Mm -hmm. and then applying the wisdom. We accept the call. We understand things that didn't make any sense before. The Bible made no sense to us before believing. Um, But once... We have believed, and once we have his spirit, it comes alive. The word is alive and meaningful to us. Right. Yeah, I had seen in Proverbs something you mentioned uh, made me think of when I heard the call, I knew it was true, but I didn't want to deal with it. And one place in uh, Proverbs, which I still haven't found, but one place uh, talks about if you're complacent, that's enough. Uh, Essentially, the complacent, the procrastinator, those who do nothing with the call Mm -hmm. will end up dooming you. Complacency is as bad as rejection. Because you've never done anything with that call when it comes. Very true. You know, another piece of wisdom comes from uh, Proverbs 16, 9. And it says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, Mm. but the Lord establishes their steps. Now, this verse can remind us that while we may make plans. It's ultimately God who directs your path, right? Yeah. It's, it's a call to trust in God's plan, even when things don't go as expected. Right. And we're all too familiar with things not going as expected, right? Right. We, we could almost, in a single day, find almost anything that doesn't go according to plan, our plan. Right. But the peace we get is knowing that God's plan is better. So what he has in store for us is far better than what we thought we could stir up right. and be good for us. Right. So I think what we come to learn is that when things don't go as planned, according to our plan, we know mm. that what is going to turn out, what God does have for us, 
is going to be far better. Right. Yeah, we learn that we want what God has for us. I believe that's true wisdom, wanting what God has, wanting to follow what he wants. What I was looking for earlier was Proverbs one thirty-two, where it says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster, just like you were talking about. That trust in the Lord helps us know that his plans are better and that we will be better off following where he's guiding us. I like how it says that that we'll be put at ease without fear of destruction. Right. It says... Well, because fear is always something that attacks us when things don't go as planned. We start fearing the outcome. We start um, getting nervous. We start panicking. We start, and right there, mm-hmm. without fear and putting us at ease is all yeah. the comfort we need in those circumstances. And all we have to do is put that trust into our Lord. Yeah, before those verses is a little tough when it talks about, uh, well, I'll go back. It's, it's interesting. Like We've sort of jumped into hearing the call right, and accepting it and then getting wisdom. But before that time, this is Proverbs 120 starting there. Okay, yeah, let's roll it back. It says, it says uh, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of a noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance to the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate mm. knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. I just, I think about that. There are a lot of voices competing for our attention. And these other voices that are also making noise, Mm -hmm. they will drown out wisdom. They will drown out the call of the Lord if we don't tune our ears to that voice. I like how you call it noise. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. It's just noise. Worldly noise. Background noise is what it needs to, to, to move to. Mm-hmm. But we tend to focus on that background noise and want to know where it's coming from. Mm. And then we let it take over, and then we start letting it be convincing, and then... Next thing we know, we're wondering how we got here. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting where you're talking about the peacefulness of wisdom. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. 
wisdom this almost feels like it goes along with love i kind of feel like this is suggesting that wisdom from the lord is infused with his love as well love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no records of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth it also protects also trusts also hopes also preserves that next to again james 3:17 but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere i'm not sure we can have the wisdom of god without having the love of god as well right they seem intertwined they coincide yeah i think love is wise it's not sometimes what we consider love right, foolish right. and emotional love is wise also in the new testament um we we can find wisdom in the words of jesus yeah you know in matthew 6:34 where he says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself right you know each day has enough trouble of its own and this verse encourages us to live in the present trusting god mm-hmm. with our future and that word trusting god i believe also falls into that same aspect of love and wisdom and it wisdom. is wise to trust god but we don't get to that point until we've received that. True. You know, the, the wisdom, the love, and how you said wisdom is love, but maybe not the love that we perceive, but God's love. Right. And when we put that trust where it says, trusting God with our future, putting that trust in God, I believe, is one way of us to show him our love. Right. We can never outlove God. No. We can never outgive God. But there are things we can do to show our love to God. Right. And that's, that's something I kind of struggled with in the beginning stages of my walk is how could I even begin to right. show God anything? When you remember what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Right. Well, and that's just it too. Is I you know, I sat there and I'm like, okay, how how could I give back mm-hmm. to God when he can do anything? He created the whole universe. And then through different studies and different fellowship, I learned that that's how we give back to God is putting our faith in him, putting oh. our trust in him. Uh worshiping and obeying him right then i think those those are just a, a few things that we can give god that he won't give himself because if god worshiped himself what would that look like 
one it's funny but maybe not funny but it's interesting god's the one who gives us the ability the ability to love him back the ability to follow him the ability to obey as he said so that is what we give back but even that we're giving back what god has already given us um the verse you mentioned to start with was in the sermon on the mount and at the end of the sermon on the mount jesus talks more about the wise um this is matthew 7 24 25 everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and that rock is jesus christ amen and that is the foundation of our wisdom um which it says first corinthians 1 28 through 31 god chose what is low and despised in this world even things that are not to bring nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of god and because of him you are in christ jesus who became to us wisdom from god so jesus is our wisdom he is also our righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written let the one who boasts boast in the lord so i think so god chose the low and the despised of this world to prove that wisdom comes from him those who believe they're wise those who think they're all that mm-hmm. are not the ones who have peace because peace comes from god the peace that surpasses all understanding comes from god if you want peace it's not about it's not in yourself it's not in what you do it's only in god so those that are able to live a life that's fulfilling live a life that's peaceful live a life that means something to them live a life that isn't constantly in worry isn't constantly doubting or double thinking or uh, being double-minded you can only do that in christ that's wisdom not education and knowledge of how this world works right right and it's not something we can develop on our own right it has to be given by god right and it doesn't all come at once no it's it and we talk about it a lot on this podcast how the only way we know how is because he did first we only know how to love because he loved us first it's him showing us first is the only way we know how to to begin with we can go off of our own perception but then we go back and read not to lean on our own understanding there's a reason for that because what we perceive as being wise or we perceive as love isn't the way God's given it to us. Mm-mm. You know, our our wisdom and love 
is very conditional. Right. Shoot, we'll even go a step further. Our wisdom is merely opinionated. Huh. Our wisdom. Our own opinion. Our wisdom is stupidity, quite frankly. And we well, call it smart. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, our wisdom is looking inside. We look to ourself. We look to what makes sense. And it's usually that which is self-gratifying, that which helps our flesh, that which makes us feel good. We want to say doing things that help that is wise. Yet that's the absolute opposite of wise. We have to look to God and follow his ways. Yeah, for that wisdom. Right. Well, and you made me think of something, too. We see it more now than ever in today's day and age. Um, More than I think I even seen it 10 years ago. When we're looking, when we're talking about finding peace, how we find that peace through Jesus, okay? It's not something we can accomplish or find on our own. Right. But how many of, how much of that do we see in the world today? Mm-hmm. I, I see it so much with so many different people. You see it all over social media too. Post after post after post. I'm I'm focusing on me. I'm finding peace within myself. I'm cutting off so and so and so and so and so and so down the line so that I can find peace in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. The concept, the idea behind what you're posting or trying to do is great what's not great is you're trying to find it within yourself you're trying to create peace in a place where you have no control over it right Mm -hmm. if we were to create peace in our own day in our own life we would have no problems because problems don't bring peace right but problems are always going to be there Mm-hmm. No matter what, we just got done talking about how um, sometimes things don't go as planned. That's a problem. But how are we going to deal with that problem? But to seek peace in Jesus, not find peace within ourselves. We find that peace through God. We find that peace in the scriptures that He's given us. We find that peace in the truth and the promises that he's left for us. Right. Right? We can't find that in ourselves. We can try. And I think we can accomplish somewhat of peaceful moments. Right. But we can't truly find peace ourselves. We have to seek that through God. Right. Which we get the knowledge when we spend that time to get to know him. When we spend that time with God, in his word. That gives us the knowledge of where to find peace. And the wisdom is applying that back to him and searching in him for the peace to give us. It doesn't come in just a a certain time or circumstance. Mm -hmm. It, It comes in the form of your daily walk. Right, and that daily walk we need to stay connected 
to Jesus for our daily walk to have peace. So instead of, like you mentioned, if I was going to try to create a peaceful day for myself, I'd basically just be hiding from my problems, oh, yeah. acting like they don't exist um, for the day and calling that a peaceful day. But being connected to Christ through the day allows me to have peace no matter what's happening. I have, it doesn't mean it feels good. Peace right. doesn't, isn't sitting there feeling good you know, humming. Um, peace is a baseline, a baseline of knowing, of knowing that God is for me and that God is guiding and that God is fighting for me and I need to trust him. Well, it's like you read in the scripture before. Puts us at ease. Yeah. It doesn't eliminate everything going on, but it calms us in the midst of that storm or whatever we're going through. Mm -hmm. We find peace in him. Right. We find comfort in him, but it puts us at ease in the midst of that circumstance. It's like you said, you know, it's not, it's, it's not gonna, it's not sitting there feeling good, Mm -mm. you know, but we will have some comfort. I don't think we can talk about wisdom without talking about Paul, just a little bit. God used Paul in, in amazing ways and yeah. in, in quite a bu- bit of the books in the Bible. And we can also find wisdom in his letters. Mm-hmm. If we look in uh, Philippians 4.8, he writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's wisdom. And in that verse, what Paul writes, it encourages us to focus our minds on the positive and uplifting thoughts. I think further than that, it calls us to focus on Christ. Because read, read the verse again. Which is positive and uplifting. True. Right? But- I think it's more specifically, um, if we look at that verse again, which somehow I can't manage to keep it pulled up. Um, so we can even almost break this down word by word. Yeah. Whatever is true. That's Jesus is the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. Whatever is noble. Again, Jesus is noble and give anything considered noble on this earth is established by God. And whatever is right falls back on whatever is true. Yes, which is Jesus. And then goes on to say whatever is pure. It's only of God. Only. Right. The only pure thing we've ever had in this world was when Jesus came. Right, and walked. And walked. He was the only one pure. Purely full, pure, (laughs) fully pure at heart. And then he goes on to write whatever is lovely. 
like we were talking about. Love is wisdom. Um, so that it all comes from God and is fused, infused with each other. And we only know love because God loved us first. Right. And wisdom tells us that. And whatever is admirable. If we were to pick anything in this world to admire, there's a lot of things in this world that are admired. Mm -hmm. But if we were to sit down and think, if you had one thing to admire out of anything in the world, you could only pick one. What more than God himself? Why not admire your creator? Right. And admire what he's done. Admire what he's done in creating each one of us as the individuals we are and knowing each one of us and creating this entire universe to share with us. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. He wants to share this world, this universe, life through eternity with us. And last but not least, he writes, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Amen. And we know the only thing worthy of praise is it's God. The Lord. Amen. Yes. Only one worthy of praise. Right. And then he tells us to think about those things. That's how we stay connected to the vine. So you're completely right. That verse goes a bit further and reminds us to keep our minds focused on Christ. Right. At all times. Yes. You know, we looked at um, wisdom being pure and peaceable and gentle, and we compared that with the description of love. Right. Talked about them being infused with each other. In James 3, starting in verse 13, 3.13 is before that. And James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, conduct, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness, another attribute, meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly, unspiritual, ooh, demonic. So, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition that's in your heart is not wisdom that comes from above, but is actually unspiritual and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Then, the verse we looked at before, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Think of this. You think of, and I'm guilty of this when I was, uh, well, I've just been guilty of this. I thought I could argue people into believing in Christ. Arguments are not 
peaceful. Arguments aren't wise, I'm afraid. Sometimes we're pounding on facts. And if we're ever doing that in a way that isn't gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, we're not being wise. Doesn't matter how true facts we're throwing out there, it's not wise. It, it's, it's funny you mention that. I had a pastor tell me one time that, uh, well, I'll, I'll go back a bit further. I, 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 this was during a sermon. So he, he didn't tell me specifically, but I picked up on it and it was something that kind of stuck dear to my heart. He said, it's not our job to convince others that God is the truth. It's only our job to share the truth. Right. We're here to just give the truth. We're not, he said, we're not God's DA. We're not here to convince anybody. It's not our job right. to convince them. And I think that's where we as Christians drop the ball a bit, is we got so caught up in wanting other people to experience what we've been blessed to experience with God, and wanting as many people as possible to be saved, because God wants as many people as possible to be saved. So... When we're walking with him, we're sharing that vision, but I think we get so caught up as Christians in that aspect that we push too hard, mm -hmm. which ultimately pushes people away. It yeah. pushes them in the opposite direction. Well, how, how we present the gospel matters. Right. If we're, like, like you mentioned, we're not God's DA. God doesn't need our defense. So we do present the whole, full word of God, the, the full gospel. We don't just talk about love. We have to talk about truth also. Right. We have to talk about things that are convicting. But we also should never be doing this in a way that basically says, it's right here, that's what it says, you need to listen and understand. Um, in a forceful, brutal way. Turn or burn. Yeah, no turn or burn. Right here, it's not wise. If it's not peaceful, if it doesn't lead to calmness, serenity, it's not wise. And God doesn't want us to share the, gos the gospel in any way other than through wisdom. And what a way to put that into perspective, too. And, and that's... In the Bible, yeah, it puts it into perspective for us, but really meditate on that verse. Things like jealousy and mm -hmm. and and other things—they're not just referred to as unwise; they're referred to as demonic. Yeah, you know, when I think in general unwise, I think of like a poor decision mm -hmm. that was unwise. Right, lesson learned, move on. But when something's considered to be unrighteous and even demonic yeah. that's a whole nother eye-opener right you know that's like whoa now more than ever we want to steer clear of 
those kind of things. But some of those things like jealousy and others, they're kind of uh, worldly put in us as a natural feeling. Right. The only way to get rid of that or like we've been talking about to find ease or to be put at ease and find peace in those circumstances, again, through God. Right. And even in the church, we probably have to be careful of some of these things we've just mentioned. Um, Selfish ambition. As you mentioned, we want as many people to hear the gospel as possible, but keeping count of how many people signed cards, keeping count of how many people have come to a service. There's, there can be great reasons for that, good reasons for doing it, but we have to be careful that it doesn't end up in ambition in our growing so-called the church and our um, bringing more and more and more people to Christ. Um, isn't, it can never be about self. So, I mean, they're just because we're, we're still people that uh, we were, we're fallen. We now have Christ. We know we're forgiven. God's working on us. He's cleaning us up. He's given us wisdom. Mm-hmm. But we can trip. And we can try to do things on our own. Even Paul in one of his letters says, why, if God started all of this, are you trying to finish it? And that's something that we have to watch for as well. I've gotten stuck in that. And I don't think it was intentional to get stuck in that. I think, um, and it, <laughs> here I am trying to justify it, right? Um, but honestly, I think uh, before I knew what I was doing, I thought it was just mere testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, but it went to that selfish ambition. You know, I would get really ambitious to get up and go serve and and go out of my way to do this and this and this and this, just so I would have something to share later. Right. Not necessarily that it was God called me to be there. It's I got so caught up in enjoying hearing people's testimonies and hearing how God's used them. Instead of raising my hand and saying, here I am, God, use me, I just went out there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm going to tell as many people as I can. I'm going to jump in the, the serving line. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to hand out this. And then tomorrow, I'm going to go share that. Sharing testimony is not a bad thing. But when we share that in the aspect of this is what we did, or this is what I did yesterday, or this is who I talked to, this is uh, so on and so forth, fill in the blank. But if that conversation starts with I, there's probably some self-ambition there. Well, and we're smart people. (laughs) We dress it up and say, look what God's done. Um, But like you said, sometimes we don't even pray before we head out. We haven't sat in the presence of God before we head out. But we'll say, God did this. Well, and you know the amazing thing too is in that 
place I was in. At the time, I didn't accept it in a positive way. But as I look back on it now, I'm thankful. But I had someone call me out on that and say, look, everybody doesn't need to know what you're doing or what you've done. If you're doing it for the right reasons, it'll show for itself. Right. It has to be pointed back to God, not to us. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong on who this is. I think it was Colin Powell that talked about uh, should do a good deed for someone every day. But if they find out it was you that did it, it doesn't count. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good way to perceive it. Right. So, like you said, if you're purely doing it because you love those you're serving with God's love, then you don't care if anyone sees you don't care if you get the accolade. You can do it by yourself and, and serve and be happy with it. Right. If you don't, if you're only doing it for the right purposes, you can record a podcast and not care if anybody listens to it because you just want to glorify God. And Amen. he will bring whomever, if ever, if it's worth anybody hearing. Uh, God may bring them to listen. That's one thing I, uh, that, that I know we really try to keep in prayer. And I'm not going to lie and say it's not a battle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to get on and check those stats. Sometimes you want to read the analytics. Yep. But it's not wise to. No. The important thing I think that God's given us is just to keep in prayer that who he has right. for that episode to hear, we need to have faith in God that they'll hear it. Well, what we want them to hear is God. We want them to hear the word of God. I get caught up sometimes thinking, I have something important to say. I've got nothing to say that means anything unless I'm saying what God has said. There's a place uh, in uh, Matthew 23, I think, where Jesus is giving some woes to the Pharisees. And a part of what he says in the middle of that is that no one should call themselves teacher. There's one teacher. No one should call themselves father. There's one father. No one should call themselves uh, rabbi. There's one rabbi and what jesus is getting at is that jesus is the only teacher with the truth jesus is the only one that has the words of life that we need to hear all we can do is distribute his teaching all we can do is distribute the words of life that others need to hear so we're not teaching anything that's ours we we do that we we refer to uh, people in the church as teachers um, but it's not our teaching it's jesus we're teaching what jesus taught we're just distributing it 
Well, and I think that's one thing we, it's critical for us to remember is we're, we're being used as that vessel for God's purpose. So like you said, when we're teaching something or we're sharing something, it's because God's said it. Jesus has said it. It's in the scripture. Right. And if we're not going to be willing to be used to point it back to him, he will use somebody else. And it's interesting to think that we need, we desperately need what Jesus is telling us. Um, those are the only words of life. Jesus' words are light and they are life. In the book of Proverbs, there's an interesting little piece talking about, it's kind of scary and interesting all at the same time. That's Proverbs 2. 16 through 19 that says so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman and the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her god for her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed none who go to her come back nor do they regain the paths of life. There's something deeper here than just a forbidden woman. Um, I feel like maybe this forbidden woman represents a completely self-absorbed, constantly flesh-gratifying life that never looks outside of self and rejects all correction. So the words of Christ our wisdom, they include correction because we need them. If we never accept correction for what it is we're looking for, then we can never have the wisdom that Christ offers. And it's through that wisdom that we find life and the peace that we're talking about through Christ. I think it's really important that you you did emphasize on that because I I could definitely see us in the flesh recognizing that we applied wisdom and then messing it all up because we recognized it and called it out. And what I mean called it out is saying, "Oh, well, I'm now wise mm. because I made a wise decision." You know, and it's like, you know, wisdom isn't something we gain and keep. Right. It's not something we can learn. And then it's not like riding a bike. Once you, you, you do it, you always know how to do it. And I don't mean motorcycle bike. I mean the actual bike because I saw you coming in with something. I saw it brewing in the, in the, in the mind there. I saw the gears turning. But it's, it, it's true. It's, it's not something we retain once and will forever have. Right. It's a continuous thing that grows within our walk in Christ. Right. We have to stay connected to that vine and continue looking to him, looking outside ourselves, accepting the correction that is Christ. Um, just like it talks other places, fathers who love their sons will correct them. Just like God loves us, he will correct us 
and we have to accept it. Without accepting that correction, we will have no wisdom. Amen. Well, and these, what we went over today, uh, you know, these are just a few examples of, you know, the wisdom found in the Bible. But the beauty to this kind of wisdom, to biblical wisdom given by God, is that it's timeless, and it's applicable to all areas in our lives. Whether we're, we're facing challenges, we're seeking guidance, or even simply wanting to grow in our faith, the Bible and God's Word offers wisdom to guide us. It offers wisdom for us to utilize and apply along with that knowledge. See, wisdom comes from the knowledge. But at the same time, we talked about it in the beginning, we can have knowledge and not wisdom. Right. We can't have wisdom and no knowledge. Right. But as we wrap up today's episode, I encourage each and every one of you listening to dive into these scriptures yourself and seek the wisdom that God's given us, that God's provided, you know, and meditate on its teachings and apply them to your daily life. And remember, wisdom is more than just knowledge. It's about understanding and applying that knowledge in a godly way. And I'll emphasize on a godly way. But thank you for joining us today on the Unfaith Podcast. We hope you found today's discussion inspiring. And join us next time as we continue to fellowship in faith. God bless. If you're listening to this now and, and you just, uh, you, you're deciding that today's the day that I, I'm done with my old ways and I just, I just want to receive Christ in my life. I just want you to, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, just bow your heads and, and repeat this after me and just pray this prayer. Uh, dear God, I come before you today with a humble heart and surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus was born free of sin and died on the cross as payment for my sins and rose again. I believe that your gift of salvation and eternal life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And God, today I repent and turn away from my old ways of life. Because of your mercy and grace, I can have childlike faith. And today I ask for new life through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for giving me and making me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for joining, and we will see you again next week. God bless.